We're back, episode 42 of Built for Better. Today I had Mick Holt in. Mick is the owner of Cornerstone Strength and Conditioning in Newcastle. A really cool story about going through university and getting his engineer degree and then obviously pursuing some opportunities in that field to realize that wasn't the path that he wanted to go down um, and jumping into the health and fitness industry. Um, but I'll let Mick t- tell the story uh, before we get into it. Let's roll the intro. I'm sick of us not doing this right. That's why I think I'm cutting you from my life. No more. I'm sick of us not doing this right. That's why I think I'm cutting you from my life. No more wasted energy spending the pace for every hour of waste. I need an escape to center me. And I don't mean to make a rush for the door, but time's a currency, I'm currently poor. I'll be leaving it soon, I don't mean to be rude, but this scene ain't for me. Like your mom's seeing your nudes, I got peace. Nicole, what's happening? Mate, it's just balancing the family business life is, is what's happening. Um, how's how's yeah. that going for you? Yeah, mate, going well. We've got a pretty much a twenty-month-old, I think, so almost two. Um, so yeah, it's been a pretty, pretty not a wild ride for the last couple of years, but um, it's certainly been putting a lot of things into perspective when you run a business and uh, and you can't just go for walks on the beach with your missus or go for cocktails or or dinner. It's um, yeah, it's a new change of pace, but it's uh, yeah, it's it's been really enjoyable and and she's amazing and and. She, I'm thankful that she's, I think she's pretty easy actually. So I can't really complain too much compared to a lot of the stories that I've heard. So (laughs) I've got plenty if you got time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We might, we might need a couple of hours. I reckon if if you start telling us stories. (laughs) And uh, Sam, obviously in the business with you, how, how was that transition? Um, Yeah. So we've sort of made the call. um, Yeah. Probably a couple of months out from, the delivery um, where she was just sort of eased away out of the business and yeah, she hasn't really done too much. Yeah. At all really since. So she's just been stay at home mom. And, and uh, I think it's, yeah, I just wanted to give her that space to, I suppose, yeah, be a mom and, and do that. Um, and it took her a while to sort of start to get back into, I suppose, real, real world and back in the gym and back into life. And I, I think they, as mums, they they probably lose a bit of their identity a, a lot of the time. Um, so they go from this woman to being a mum, and yeah, takes over. And yeah, so but she's she's real good, and she's she's um yeah, it's just balancing, right? It's just it's just enjoying the new the new life. Yeah, hundred. Let's uh before we get in talking about cornerstone, talking about any of that, tell us a little bit about your upbringing, what you like at school um i was actually doing some journaling last night um on the the school topic so um yeah i was i was pretty good at school i suppose like both my parents are teachers so i probably didn't really have a choice um so yeah but pretty academic um yeah nothing nothing crazy like definitely not gifted that's for sure (laughs) um but yeah just worked really hard um just worked really hard on studying and and worked really hard on on, uh, on on that school side of things and, and balancing that with sport so um yeah coming out through high school i was part of like the well they're now the jets but the, the breakers youth system for soccer um so that was that was really enjoyable um and challenging as well um so yeah that was probably like the start of high school was 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 that kind of stuff and yeah year 11 and 12 um did pretty well at uni at um at school sorry and and, and i mean i worked pretty bloody hard for it from memory 
probably not as hard as it worked now. So can't can only imagine how what how well I could have done if I knew I actually how to work hard um, and work smarter. I think. Um, but um, yeah, I went ended up going to uni, um, studying engineering. I actually did it. I did a year of architecture as well. So I thought. I was like, I've got a bit of a, I suppose I really enjoyed that creative side of things with, with engineering and I'm, and it's kind of why I, why I stepped into architecture, but I probably after a year, I realized that it was a little bit too subjective uh, for my liking. I was like, I've done the work, but I'm only getting 60%. Why is this the case? Um, so it's like, well, we don't like it. I'm like, I like it. <laughs> it's a hundred in my books yeah 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 so it's just yeah it was just a different i suppose um way of thinking and, and maybe i'm not i'm not like i'm not super creative like from from that perspective like not good at art and all that sort of stuff so um yeah that was probably just uh an easy thing to transition away from that and into engineering which is a bit more yes and no and cross the i's and dot the t's and draw straight lines so um yeah i did that at uni did engineering and business for a while and then and then, um, yeah, finished that degree and started working pretty much. So, yeah, that was kind of my uh, my study. Um, and were your, were your parents uh, primary school or high school teachers? Uh, Mum's primary school and dad was high school. So you so, had an eye over you the whole way through. Yeah, dad actually taught me in – so he was at the same high school that we um, – that we all went to. So he actually taught me in year 11 and 12. So he like he was the best math teacher at the school and I was doing three in it. Um, I don't know even know what that's called now, but like the one above advanced and um, yeah. Um, so I had him for two years, which was like really interesting at the start, like getting taught by your dad. And um, I think we both, we both had our eyes opened a little bit um, in those first couple of weeks for sure. Um, and did he put a lot of pressure on you to study? Um, I can't, I can't really remember. Like I'm sure they probably did a little bit. Um, I think I probably saw some of the mistakes my sister's my sister made when she was doing her HSC. Um, and I, I suppose I, I wanted to do engineering and I wanted to do really well. Like I wanted to beat her. Like, so there was a bit of competitiveness there. So um, that's kind of the, the truth that I'm telling myself that they didn't push me, but I'm sure they, I'm sure there was moments where they were like, is Michael buddy doing this work or whatever. But um, I think I, I always wanted to, I, want, I wanted to do well. Um, and uh, yeah, I remember working reasonably hard for it i distinctly remember some of the arguments mum and i used to have over my school work <laughs> why does that does that that doesn't surprise me logan i don't know why yeah that's right what a tell us about your soccer did you get into it like as a really young kid yeah yeah so yeah i, I was like under sixes and stuff so um i was actually talking to my mum the other week she said i was playing tennis at four apparently um so like i was always super sporty like super active so played a bit of everything like yeah played tennis and 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 stuff like that and then yeah just got into soccer when i was six and kind of just kept following that and yeah i got to yeah i sort of got into like the the rep team the newcastle port stevens rep team um which was kind of like the highest level you could for sort of like 10 and 11 year olds uh, or 11 and 12 year olds and then um yeah, so I played a bit of that. And then I went for the I went to the trials for the breakers back in the day, which was like the, the Jets these days. And um, yeah, trialed and, and trialed okay. But I was like, oh, there's heaps of other good kids there. Like, didn't think I'd get in, you know. And, and then we didn't hear anything from for like a couple of weeks. And um, yeah, it turns out I'd, 
written so poorly on the application form that they didn't uh they got the email address wrong and so they ended up having a like a couple of weeks later they end up fight tracking me down and, and faxing it through to my dad's school <laughs> um so yeah and so i spent three years in that system 13s 14s and 15s um which was yeah like it was pretty cool like well it was challenging like getting up early and driving to sydney every second week um on the bus and um it's pretty cool like to look back and go yeah i played with like nigel bogard who's the captain of the jets at the moment and and a few other guys who have been professionals and stuff like that and it's like wow like we had a pretty good team um so but yeah i just remember going down we played against blacktown um in sydney on our first game and we got pumped like 4-1 and i think it was like 3-0 at half time and i remember going down where all these like skinny little newcastle kids and these kids were just like massive moustaches <laughs> big legs like just like holy dually who are these who are, they, are these kids 13 like I, yeah uh, they start getting their birth certificate when they get off the boat you know man it was crazy so yeah um but yeah we did actually pretty well that year i think we came fourth uh, which was pretty cool um yeah so i stayed in that system for a couple of years and then um i i didn't get picked um in the last year that they had it um and I went and played sort of, I think I went and played under 19s when I was 16. Um, and then I played a couple of years in that and then got picked up, uh, started playing first grade for the, the Newcastle NPL uh, a couple of years after that. So I think I made my debut when I was 18. Um, so yeah, that was pretty cool and played a couple of, you know, a bit over a hundred odd games first grade. And yeah, it's, um, yeah, essentially since we started, well, then, I, then we moved and then I came back and, yeah, just never sort of picked it up again. Just wasn't really like, you know, it's like running a business. You sort of don't have a great deal of time to spend. And when you've got, when you're trying to commit to seven, eight hours a week of training and games, it's, yeah, it makes, makes things hard. Yeah, for sure. And once you left uni, did you go work in the engineer field for a while? Yeah, so worked in Newcastle for three and a half years. And um, yeah, which was great. And then... Uh, my wife Sam, she was uh, she was living out. She actually got a secondment to Alice Springs for a few months, and um, then she pretty much said to me, "She's like, I don't really want to come back to Newcastle." And I was like, "Oh, well, guess we're moving." And I mean, we'd always I'd always spoken about going somewhere else and living somewhere else. So uh, one thing led to another, and we ended up moving to Perth. Uh, we we moved to Perth and got a, got a job over there, and um, yeah, that was pretty cool um bit of a turbulent uh bit of a turbulent time i actually got a job with fortescue back uh, or fmg if you know who they are um twiggy forest and it was back in 2012 when uh the iron ore price dropped about a hundred dollars in about four weeks or something like ridiculous and um yeah I, I literally i was made redundant uh, uh about seven days after i got there wow um, so yeah last in first out and uh yeah so i was i just moved to perth just getting things set up and um yeah jobless <laughs> in seven days so yeah and was it pretty easy to snag something else uh i think it was a pretty tough market at the time but i think i just got really lucky because um i think i ended up getting a job with uh rio tinto and um yeah a guy had just sort of moved on and there was a spot available and um, a few of the guys that I was working with at FMG knew a few of the guys at Rio Tinto and 
they sort of put me in contact and it was just like, yeah, real quick interview. And then pretty much, yeah, had the job uh, as a contractor, um, which was not ideal, but <laughs> beggars can't be choosers. And, um, but yeah, like it was just sort of like perfect timing and, and, and lucky. I think it sort of goes to show like if you're, it's all about relationships, like this whole, whole thing is about relationships really. And, and obviously I'd, probably made a half decent impression with the people at FMG. So they were happy to refer me on and um, which was, which was really nice. And, or maybe they just felt really sorry for me <laughs> as a young guy. I don't, know, I don't know how old was I like 24 or something like that, 25. Um, so yeah, but um, yeah. And um, what made you kind of think of a career change? Um, well, I wasn't necessarily like really looking heaps, but I suppose Tim Ferriss, the four hour work week was, um, was a, was a key motivator for me. I think, um, we were sort of, um, we were probably looking at starting a gym because Sam was coaching and I was doing a little bit of stuff and, um, yeah, we were looking at starting something in Perth with some friends and, um, I, we were on holidays in Vietnam um three week little nice little break and sitting there by the pool reading tim ferris four hour work week four hour body um all this sort of stuff and oh this is this is easy like no one no, no one does this stuff and um yes yeah, sort of thing pop up on facebook and a mate that i knew was sort of getting rid of all these gear and i thought we would be able to ship it across for for nothing pretty much and then he was selling the gym and we were like, well, me and Sam and we were sort of having that conversation. We were engaged at the time um, about what we we're going to do. Like I was, I was ready to move on a bit from Rio because I didn't really like the, the path that we were going on. And I would have liked to have got into some construction stuff, but um, there was just no jobs out there for construction um, unless you had five years experience in the industry. So it was just a really tough time. Um, and yeah, I didn't want to start at the bottom. And I was just like, well, let's, uh, yeah, let's, let's move back home. And like the gym was around the corner from mum and dad's. I was like, we'll be there for like six months, max mum and dad. Like it's, it's all good. Like we'll find a house and blah, blah, blah. The gym will be killing it within six months. And you know, we'll be millionaires. <laughs> oh, I couldn't have been more wrong. <laughs> so yeah, like we were sort of like, I was looking at dabbling and uh, I suppose a couple of key drivers were for me were, like working in that field and working in that uh, really uh, corporate environment where you go, I didn't like, I didn't want to be like, you look across the boardroom and there was a guy just hating his job, hating his life and just, you know, living for his, to buy his Audi and to, you know, living for the weekend and, and whatever. And then there was another guy that was just like super passionate about engineering super passionate about what he was doing and talking about. And I was like, well, I'm not you. I'm not like super passionate about this. I'm passionate about it, but not that level. And I don't want to be you and the other guy. So it was sort of like, well, I was 27 at the time and, you know, had sort of seven years of, of working behind me. And I knew that if it all went to shit, that we had like a bit of a safety net there. Um, so, but yeah, it was still a massive call to just go, let's go and do something you've had zero experience in. Uh, that sounds like a good idea. Um, <laughs> yeah. Not a good idea. Yeah. Been there. Yeah. Yeah. It's not the, you know, those pieces of advice that you give to people, that'd be uh, not one of them. <laughs> um, That's a lesson you look back on. Yeah, for sure. For sure. We should have done it a little bit smarter, but um, 
yeah, I suppose there's been, a, there's probably only been a handful of times in my life where I've really gone all in and just put it, you know, put, put the balls on the, on the chopping block. And, um, and that was one of them. And it's, I suppose it's, it's probably worked out okay. Um, but I think the road could have been a little bit less bumpy if we would have uh, maybe not hung it all out there at the start. And so you bought the gym and kept all the same equipment. Was it called Cornerstone back then? No, nah, no. Nah. The guy's name was Will, so it was called Will's Power. Um, so I didn't think that kind of suited us. <laughs> yeah, 100. <laughs> yeah, and we, uh, did you um, get any clients, I guess, of his straight off the bat or how did you go about that? Yeah, part of the deal was like that we would sort of, yeah, like there was, uh, what's it called? Um uh, we you get some of their clients and stuff like that uh, um and i thought yeah sweet like that was a real deal breaker for me it's like cool we'll start the gym you know we'll have like 30 40 clients to start with and we'll have an income straight away perfect we're not starting from scratch and then when it came down to it i had a a handwritten list of people's first names and phone numbers um there's about 19 people i think from memory and some of the numbers were wrong some of the names were wrong so it was not a um not a good yeah, start not a great start so but yeah we've we've still got um two of the members that we started with today um uh, which is pretty cool i think from that from that and and still really close and, and we're still friends with with all the guys who who carried on with us and yeah we actually brought a bunch of people back who had who had been with him and had left so um yeah it was a really positive start but um yeah tough what, what year was that when you it was the end of 2015 so we pretty much so i think we we're on we're on holidays in august so the end of august 2015 uh we pretty much made the call we're on holidays um i'd i flew over to sign the lease on the 15th of september so literally like a week later i was flying over signing leases and then we we literally started the gym on the 9th of november um like that was our first session which yeah, it just ticked over five years yeah yeah just almost five and a half years now so what uh, what are some i guess distinct changes that you've seen in i guess what you started with five years ago to now i think probably the one of the biggest things is is probably like being a bit more authentic in who we are and, and what we're doing like um I think when we first started, we really just tried to please everyone. We wanted to provide a different style, but we sort of weren't really, um, I suppose, really well-versed in and well-trained in, in that. Um, so yeah, over the years, we've probably become more confident in what we're doing. Um, and, uh, and that's helped us serve our members better. And it's also helped attract the people who really buy into what we want to do and not the not the other people who aren't there for the same reasons as what you want people there for. So um, yeah, it's evolved a lot over the, over the years, not, not, you know, totally changing, but um, yeah, I suppose we've gone from a, we'll do what you want to we're doing what we want and this is why. Um, and, and those people are coming along with your journey as opposed to you just trying to please everyone all the time. Yeah, for sure. And um, where was I going? What uh, break down your program now? What would a kind of typical day or typical week look like? Um, so I suppose, yeah, we sort of change the program a fair bit. We try and program in sort of like six-week blocks. Um, like 
like my background now is like strength conditioning. So athlete development. Um, so I suppose that's the kind of style that we take to it, which is really hard to explain to people. It's like, so you like CrossFit? That's like, uh, kind of, but not really. Um, uh, so yeah, I suppose we just try and put a lot more science and, and thought into the programming. Um, and that we're like, we're predominantly a strength-based gym. Like, like we do fitness and, and conditioning, but like, you're not going to do like hit or you're not going to do like necessarily like a tough workout every single day. Um, so predominantly focus on strength and mobility. Um, so a typical day would look like warm up, probably two strength blocks, um, pretty like typical um, strength and conditioning style programming. We probably have two supersets. Um, and then actually what we're trialing this year is, um, is, a, is something that I think our members really value. Well, I know our members really value, but um, and I don't know anyone else that's really doing it, um, but we're actually providing options within sessions. So rather than just like scaling stuff, uh, we actually provide an opportunity to work on the things that you want to work on. So we surveyed all our clients and we were like, what do you want to work more on? It's like 30% say strength, 30% say fitness, 30% say mobility and, and, and recovery and all that sort of stuff. So it's like, we can't like do that all the time and, and sort of serve everyone. So, um, right now we're in the process or we've, we've just implemented in the last six weeks, but you essentially sort of, if there's four, the first 40 minutes is the same. And then the last 20 minutes, you have the option to choose either like fitness performance or we call it reboot. Um, so yeah, if it's fitness, it'll be something fitness related. If it's performance, it'll be some more strength stuff um, and maybe a bit of mobility, like weighted mobility and stuff. And then the reboot, it will be like some breath work and stretching and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, which has really allowed our clients just to go. Um, I don't really feel like getting habit today, so I'm going to do the reboot. Or you know, I want to work on my running. So you know, that every Tuesday for the next six weeks, we'll be running um, in the fitness session. So um, yeah, they know that that's coming, and they know that they can. That's they're going to build on that. Um, but yeah, just it's it's just it's just worked out really nicely, and it's. A little bit harder to manage, but um, yeah, I think our guys really value it. So, that for, yeah, we've always prided ourselves on providing a really personalized service. So, like we like our sessions are sort of like less than 12, 12 members in in the session. So, yeah, we just we just want to try and deliver. Like that's our whole philosophy is like we want to try and deliver the best possible thing for you today, as opposed to sort of like come in, get fit, follow this program sort of thing. So. Yeah, we, we're constantly changing things and, and monitoring things. So, but yeah, we just literally just started a big six week strength block. So, lots of heaps and heaps of lifting and, and a few programs that you're pretty familiar with. So, um, like some Simply Stronger stuff and stuff from, from Real Movement, um, which is super that's, cool. But it's um, really interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit of a hybrid between everything. So, um, yeah, but like some of our guys aren't there to get super strong. Some of our guys want to get fitter, or some of our guys are just there to, to live a little bit better. So, um, giving them the opportunity to do that um, is, I think, is really cool. Yeah, and I think that's what, like, that's why you're seeing more gyms like ours pop up because I guess where would you say that you're equivalent to personal training, but kind of a fraction of the price in a smaller group environment? Yeah, I suppose that's that's the goal, um, and it does put a lot of pressure on the on the gym and the, and the coaches to to get it right, but. 
um, I think that's why we that's why we're in the industry as well because we're here to coach people and, and make people better, um, not just follow like a um, a screen um, and stuff like that and, and cheer people along. Like that's not what we're here for. Um, we're here to coach. So um, yeah, we just we just want people to improve and improve. And everyone's at different levels. Everyone's such vast different levels. Um, so yeah, that's kind of. I imagine Newcastle's um, got a lot of competition. What, um, I guess, what's your demographic that you guys kind of target? Uh, I suppose we probably, like most of the people who come to us are probably in their 30s and 40s, Um, both men and women. Um, Got to, like the young, people on the younger side have usually tried, tried CrossFit and tried hit stuff and f45 and stuff like that um and just found it that it was too either too intense or just not really what they wanted out of their training um like our philosophy is like the gym is not everything for you uh we're here to like increase your performance for life um so yeah we don't need like we don't try and make the gym everything um so i think that's like quite refreshing for people a lot of time it's like i don't have to like work super hard on this session because it's about just consistency and it's about accumulation over months and years. Um, so yeah, it's heaps of competition. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of, oh, I just lost track of your question there. And how many sessions a week does the average member hit? Um, I'd probably say three, a bit over three. Um, yeah. yeah, we've got a few guys that hit six not too many um but yeah like fives and fours like a lot of fours um and yeah we've got we got a few people on twos um and stuff like that but um yeah just because we have that option like i just it's not it's not the model that a lot of gyms run but um yeah i just found a lot of people are like doing other stuff and it's like okay that's cool like yeah if you're doing yoga twice a week and you're you know you're running twice a week it's like cool like let's do gym twice a week so and find that balance that's what i mean like i'm not trying not to be too protective of like what we're doing um because yeah like i said the gym's not everything and there's other stuff out there and i myself i'm like i'm doing three days a week four days a week triathlon training so like the strength stuff like i couldn't what's the point in me training strength for five sessions a week if i'm doing running and riding and cycling um running and riding and swimming as well like it's just not achievable yeah you just end up injured yeah exactly so and yeah. um, what, what's your vision, I guess, for Cornerstone? Yeah. Um, I suppose we're pretty keen on, on we've got a, like a, I suppose, a, a, just an adult side and then we've got a, an athlete side. So we've got a lot of youth athletes. So we've got about 40 um, athletes uh, on the books. Um, so we're like us, we're, we're coaches. Like I said we're, we come from an S and C or an exercise sports science background. So continuing to, I suppose, shape the industry, like shape the gym in that, in that way and try to, yeah, create that athletic performance for our adult members, like identifying, it's like identify that, identifying that our members can't jump very well um, or jump, you know, use their bodies in that way is like, cool. Like that's an athletic thing. Like let's improve your athleticism. Because uh, I think if we prove athleticism as an as an adult, you just yeah you tick all the boxes like for stuff that you want to do in, in in life really. So that's kind of where we want to take our adult membership, um, and then for the kids and and the athletes, really pursuing that a little bit more. 
Um, it's something that's not done very much in Australia and it's not something done very well, like even, even worse. Um, so just to raise the standards for what youth athletes have got available to them. Like it was a big, it was a big reason we started the gym was, you know, when I went to the gym when I was 15 and you go to the, the Globo gym and, and you just sort of do the bicep curls and the bench press that everyone on the Smith machine that everyone else is doing and the, 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 the leg press and all that just rubbish stuff for, you know, good functional movement. Um, yeah, I've, I, I could only dream of the sort of space that we're, we're creating. And yeah, so really trying to get that out to more and more people and, and make good athlete development more available to more athletes that aren't in that elite system. So those kids have got access to more facilities and stuff like that. And, but to be honest, it's not what I've seen is, is not high level SNC either. Um, so yeah, um, just, just making it more available to, to people. Would you say that you're kind of trying to create a service that you wish was available to you when you were? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Who's or who's played an impact in your coaching journey and who's, I guess, what different um, courses and stuff have you done that you've loved? Um, I suppose similar to you, like Keegs, Keegan Smithers and Real Movement Projects has probably been probably one of the biggest influences on, on what we've done uh, and what we're doing um, still to this day. Um, so we, we met Keegs like I think two years or 18 months into our journey and yeah, it was, um, I'm not saying it was love at first sight, but yeah, I was just super impressed that it was just such a different methodology, um, you know, incorporating all the skill work and the mobility and, and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, that athlete performance side of things for adults really just really vibe with it. Um, so that's probably been probably one of the biggest influences and, and all the coaches who are around real movement. Um, yeah, it's, it's obviously Keegs is, is the leader, but you know, Ezra, Mitch, um, guys like that, um, Simon, yeah, you, you know, all these guys, they've, um, I've taken bits and pieces from all of them, uh, which has been super cool. So, um, that's probably been the biggest influences and there's been a few other SNC guys around, like I've done my ASCA level two and there's some really good coaches around that. So, um, some strength and conditioning guys, but, um, yeah, I definitely say real movement is probably, probably the biggest. And, um, I guess since the, since you found Keegan real movement, did that change your whole, I guess, outlook on strength and conditioning um, and what I guess the body's capable of, would you say? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Like to be super mobile and, and strong at the same time, like it definitely changed more, like probably didn't change it tons. What changed the most would have been mindset and growth and health like real like that like i said tim ferris for our body like keys just takes that to the next level and continues that journey and and real movement sorry um so yeah just that understanding of what health is and what performance is and yeah chasing all this stuff that's not mainstream um that's yeah and just just the growth mindset like we we sort of bought in bought in pretty hard and yeah, I've never been challenged so much or yeah, challenged on my perspective or how I think. Um, and that just, yeah, that was probably the biggest shift for me um, was total 
yeah, annihilation of previous values and and understanding of identity and starting to use words like identity. It was um, yeah, very new to me. So um, yeah, I was I was looking for that sort of self discovery, and that really kickstarted the journey for me. And what lights you up when you see a member do something? What what is it that excites you that you see a member improve on or get as a result? Oh, um, I mean, I say this a bit, but when when a member comes to me and they're like, "Oh, I um, I, I'm off my, I've been a month off my antidepressants," stuff like that probably like hits me in the heart the most, like to know that we've we've helped that person that way, or um, you know, even someone's who's you know who's suicidal or something like that that you didn't even know, and. Yeah, it's probably more of the emotional stuff, like the the physical stuff. Yeah, for me, it's just a bit of a process. Like when someone hits a good squad or dead, like, yeah, I'm pretty happy. But yeah, when they come to me with like mindset shifts and um, just a deeper understanding of, of themselves, like, I, yeah, that's what I really froth off. So, um, yeah. yeah Love it. What a, what's, if you could pick, you know, one or two of the biggest lessons you've learned from business? <laughs> ultimate accountability ultimate accountability um yeah everything everything starts with you like you are the creator you are the um you are the reason for everything in your life uh good and bad um so yeah taking a little bit of um yeah when you're successful like taking some of the credit for that um but also yeah when things aren't going wrong or coaches are not doing what you want them to do or members aren't doing what you want them to do like really reflecting on that and going, how have I contributed to this situation? And I think it's probably similar with kids, hey? Um, how have I contributed to this monster just screaming at me? No. Um, but uh, yeah, that's probably that's probably like one of the biggest lessons is like that ultimate accountability. Um, yeah, and just be prepared to work super bloody hard and, and, and give your life to it really like, if you if you really believe in it, you got to give your life to it. Um, yeah, they're probably like some of the some of the biggest ones. Um, don't start a don't necessarily start a business that you don't have any idea how to run either. <laughs> and what's it been like for you trying to, I guess, evolve as a facility and put on staff and things like that? Uh, what do you mean, like, what's it? Like, like what, what, uh, how's the process been? Have you found it easy? Has it been a challenge to get people to buy into, I guess, your vision and how you like to do things? Um, oh, we, we've had our, um, not our failures, but our learning experiences with staff. Um, uh, but we were super lucky. Like, the first staff member that we put on, Kieran, he was, yeah, like, absolute dream. Like, not, not without his challenges either. But like just his energy and enthusiasm, he really he really thought the same as us um, on a lot of ways. And um, the only reason he left was he got asked to um, head coach uh, a gym out at Bathurst, which his mates were were um, were buying. And uh, yeah, he's killing it. Like he's absolutely killing it. And I I look up to him now. Like he was our our first coach, and I really look up to him as as a way that I want to run my business. Um, like. Yeah, he's just his enthusiasm and, and energy around his clients is is next level. So if, if you're in the Bathurst region, get into Bathurst strength and conditioning, like they are the they are the bomb. Um, yeah, I've heard good things. Yeah, man. Kiz um Kieran is is 
nice nicest guy and just knows his stuff and but just just so passionate about his members like I, yeah he's for me he's a real shining light in the fitness industry um and he's going to do some some serious amazing things um yeah so yeah that was really good and then yeah like i said we've had a couple of ups and downs with different staff but i think like i'm a big believer in like what you put out into the world you you get back so we've always tried to just put um i suppose love and um and effort out into the world and and i think the staff members that we've got have been really good and they've just sort of yeah they love what we're about and because i think it's a bit different uh, it's a fair bit different to what they've what they've done so we've taken time to educate them and and help them build their skill set um not perfectly but um still massive gaps that we we're feeling for ourselves as well um but um just good people good people attract good people and that's for me that's the that's what heaps people have said about the gym it's like yeah good people attract good people and yeah, we don't have any dickheads at the gym well maybe one or two but um yeah how good any other projects you're working on? Oh, mate, we've got a pretty huge one, actually, to be honest. So, um, yeah, we literally signed the lease to uh, the shed next door to us uh, last week or two weeks ago. So through just through the gym and, and all the work that I've done over the last couple of years, um, just become more and more passionate about men's health and, and particularly like with my own journey as well, just learning and understanding more about myself um, as a man. Um and uh and seeing these these young men come through and and older men and stuff like that and and the impact that we've, we've been able to have on their life um so two years ago i wrote a business plan for a, a men's only uh facility and yeah we started uh the start of last year we started a men's circle and a bit of a men's group where we could sort of just connect weekly and catch up and then um just talk about some real stuff which was which was cool and then, um, yeah, the space next door to us came up for lease and I was like, well, may as well bite the bullet. <laughs> you know, one of those, one of those decisions. I don't think it's, I don't think it's as stupid as the, the stone in the gym one, but, um, yeah, it's been in the works for a long time. So essentially what we're going to create is a, is a men's health facility. Um, obviously mental health is a big, uh, big factor in today's society and, um, not that that's the sole reason that we want to do it. Like we're focusing on men's health, which being meaning, you know, physical, emotional, spiritual, um, mental health, but yeah, relationships, communication, um, you know, and, and a big part of it will be around manhood and masculinity and actually sort of like trying to redefine what it means to be a man. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll have a youth program that'll sort of, I suppose, try and initiate young, young men into, into men like right now, you turn 18 you're apparently a man and we have 30 40 50 year old blokes walking around um so with a with a boy's brain you know like they just no idea um on how to be a man and i'm not saying i'm the guru or anything like that i'm, I'm certainly far from it but at least we can start asking questions of each other and hard and having hard conversations around like is this how we want to be be living is this how is this who we want to be um and yeah, hopefully through through that process, um, helping some guys out with with mental health and and uh, and overcoming challenges around their own lives and and building stronger relationships. And you know, you yourself got three kids, three kids under three and a half. Um, and the start, I'm sure you've had some dark times in your life. And um, 
if we can create a space which um, helps support that journey for you and, and you can sort of talk to other guys about what's happening in your life, um, I think that would be like, I'm assuming that would be really valuable. Yeah, 100. Yeah, for sure. That's, um, that's, that's so exciting. So good to hear. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's the big project at the moment. That's the big push at the moment. So we just spent the last weekend gurning the whole thing out because it was filthy. Um, and yeah, we'd hopefully start some, some construction soon, but yeah, it's just, I'm just su- like super passionate about men and, and men's health and, and just helping them navigate this world because um, yeah, what, what we are as men right now, I don't think is, is, um, is a, is a high standard. Um, you know, I've got a, a daughter and I think like, what's the sort of men that she's going to be dealing with when she becomes, you know, 15, 16, 17, 18, marrying, you know, in, in a, I don't know, I don't know when, yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, what's the sort of guys that, that kind of a scary thought with? somewhat, isn't it? Yeah, she hopefully won't won't run into your blokes, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if, if if we can help create some really strong men, you know, with a with a strong backbone but a strong heart as well, um, I think that's uh, really powerful. And and you know, this this could be a really cool legacy to leave, changing changing the face of of men's health and and just men in general. Yeah, I love that. What uh, what a. What are you training for at the moment? What are your personal goals? What's up coming up for you? Uh, so I did I did like an ultra triathlon at the end of last year. What's uh, that involve? It's a double. It's, so it's essentially a double Ironman um, over three days. So it's a it's a ten k swim and a hundred and forty k ride on the first day, and on the second day it's a two hundred and eighty k ride, and then on the third day it's a double marathon, so an eighty four kilometer run. Um, wow. So that was that was a bit mostly around just wanted to challenge and and as guys like it was sort of to set an example for this for this the junto for the men's hub uh, was like cool you, you can have a business you can have a family and you can still do great things um you don't have to like you know give everything up because i think triathlon probably has one of the biggest divorce rates in in any sport um but yeah so i just wanted to sort of show the guys that that you can do this some something that is perceived as really crazy but um and and just go and do it so yeah, I trained for, for a few months for that um, and did that, uh, which was really, really great and raised some some money around um, for the for the men's hub. Um, and then I was like, well, if I bought a bike and and stuff like that and I'm training for it, I may as well try and just do a, an Ironman as well. So I've got an Ironman coming up in June. So I'll do a few little short triathlons. But um, What's an Ironman? What's Ironman distances? uh i think i should probably know this right if i'm gonna do it definitely i think it's i think it's a 3.8k swim uh followed by a 190k ride into a marathon um all all in one day so it'd be really different to the ultra like the ultra was just like because it wasn't a race it was just a you know get in there and grind and i'm a terrible swimmer so it was really slow um uh, but um, yeah, this would be a new a new challenge and a much different challenge doing it you know, in a race on the same day. So I think yeah, probably sub twelve hours is probably probably a decent time. So um, wow. yeah, I'm not like it sounds like I'm a I like to chase pain, but um, it's more the challenge around like training. And I'm just actually really enjoying the training. Like the the goal of the Ironman is just that's a little goal there, but um, 
yeah, I'm actually just for me with mentally and physically just actually just doing the training and that's actually probably like the best part of it. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. We should do another one again and uh, talk about like the men's hub in 12 months and mm. see the journey that it's been on for sure. Yeah. Let's uh, start to wrap it up. I'll just fire five quick questions at you. Tell us something about you that no one would know. Um, well, I suppose we touched on it before, but before we started the business, I'd, I'd probably coached at most two people in my life. <laughs> so yeah which is unfortunate which is probably the same thing for most personal trainers that come in the industry come into the industry um because experience counts for a lot but um yeah probably one thing that i try and keep close to my chest that i didn't it's know also it. though like a good little i guess example to anyone though that if you want something and you're prepared to do the work you know and not think you know everything mm-hmm. then you know you can you can do great things over the course of a period of time yeah, I think if your heart's in the right place, like, um, like, I don't think fitness and health and nutrition and stuff like, it's complicated, but it's really simple at the end of the day. Um, so, yeah, I was just if you got that, if your heart's in the right place and you've yeah just following your heart, then I don't think you can go too far wrong. I think like too with the health and fitness, you never know everything. Like it's always evolving, isn't it? Like, yeah, I know nothing. I don't know anything. Yeah. So. If you think you know it all, like you're already fucking lost, I think. Yeah, pretty much. Best piece of advice you've ever been given? Um, yeah, again, I've probably touched on it before, but like ultimate accountability, um, you are the reason for everything that's happening in your life. And I think that's a really it's a really harsh mirror sometimes to put in front of someone. But um, yeah, but having that awareness, step back and go, how am I contributing to this situation? And actually, like, having the awareness of, like, okay, I need to change my actions there to get the result that I want. Um, yeah. And just everything, everything and starts and finishes with you. So, yeah, that ultimate accountability, Jocko Willie. And is, was that something that you've always done, like, tend to look within, or did you, you know, used to blame others and it's been a big shift that you've had, or? Yeah, I think, I think my, my, my typical MO was this is not working. I'm just going to work heaps harder on my bit and then hopefully you'll work it out or I'm just going to, you know, fix your stuff, um, which doesn't, it's not a really productive way to go about life. Um, yeah. So it was definitely just, yeah, definitely blaming others and not, I don't think I was ever really bad at it, but even just like gossiping and talking about other people and stuff like that. Like I just, I try not to do it much anymore because um, yeah, try not to be part of the problem. Yeah, be the solution. Huh? Where do you want to be in five years? I reckon, I reckon we'll probably have a, an, at least another kid by then, um, and we'll probably like ideally, I'd love to be sort of like traveling around Australia with the family in a camper van or something like that, or motorhome and seeing the seeing the world or seeing the seeing Australia. And um, but working on a lot of creative projects, I think for me, um, so helping the staff with the Junto and, and helping the, you know, whether it's going around and visiting, you know, essentially this men's hub, ideally it ends up being like the men's shed for, for younger guys and, and, uh, and that sort of thing. So if we can be touring around, you know, checking in on all that sort of stuff, that'd be super cool. But um, I think just traveling around, showing the, showing the country to our kids and helping them learn and develop and yeah, working on creative projects. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be super cool. I reckon. 
Do you, do you have a favourite quote? Uh, there's, there's a couple, but one that really uh, sits with me at the moment is if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, you go together. Um, so that's just one that's really resonated with me around the men's work in particular and, and probably what we're trying to do with it um, is like, yeah, I could go do it all myself, um, but it's heaps more fun and you go heaps further when you have other people along for the journey. So, yeah, that's one that I really sort of think about all, all the time. Yeah, nice. What, uh, what's, what's success to you? Oh, success. Mm. I think for me, it's just around balance. Um, like if I can be living my purpose and my passion, you know, being creative and working on projects and ideas, um, having the space for my family um, and to watch them grow up and to, to show them what you're capable of in this world. Um, yeah, I think that's if we can raise some kids and, and change some lives and show some people that, you know, you're capable of a lot more and yeah, to step into that and to, to chase big things, then um, yeah, I think that's for me, that's, that's probably what success looks like. And we can sit back and look back and well, I've got this image in my mind of, of a sort of like looking down on all these hills and valleys and just going like, this is all the stuff that we've created. These are all the people that we've helped. And, you know, this is sort of like our legacy. So yeah, a really powerful legacy of just helping people and, changing lives i think and showing people that you can do more or be more yeah i love that where can the listeners find you if they want to flick you a message uh i'm on all the i'm on instagram and facebook pretty much um i think i'm pretty easy to find cornerstones on there as well um the men's stuff is is under the the junto men's hub um j-u-n-t-o so if you message any of those four places i'll probably probably find it somewhere um, but yeah, no, like Instagram and Facebook are probably the easiest. Um, you can send people my personal number if you want. But <laughs> thanks, yeah. thanks for your time, mate. I appreciate it. That was unreal. No worries, mate. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate your time. I'm sick of us not doing this right. That's why I think I'm cutting you from my life. No more. I'm sick of us not doing this right. That's why I think I'm cutting you from my life. No more wasted energy spending a pace for every hour of waste. I need an escape to center me. And I don't mean to make a rush for the door, but time's a currency. I'm currently poor. I'll be leaving it soon. I don't mean to be rude, but this scene ain't for me. Like your mom's seeing your nudes. Thanks for listening, guys. I'm finally getting the consistency back. Uh, Wednesdays is my plan to drop a podcast every single week. Uh, if you like this episode, make sure you jump over and leave a review and Take a screenshot, pop it on your Instagram story and tag me in it. I really want to spread the word of the podcast uh, so it can help me get some really good guests on in the future. Till next time, later.